With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings, welcome inside, happy Monday. The Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. What's in the bag? A shark or something? We're live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Well, who knew, Mike Harmon, that the New York Jets would have such a huge impact on the Super Bowl. It's almost like they played in it yesterday. It's almost like I close my eyes and think, oh, McCall Hardman, we signed him for one year and four million. Months later, here he is catching the game-winning pass in the Super Bowl. Oh, it's like the Jets were there. Well, he did predict that uh, his team would play in the Super Bowl against the 49ers. So. He did in the Mentalist. Yes, he yeah, did that. So on, he got uh, that done. Yeah. yeah, so good for him. Yeah. And uh, good for the Jets to be embarrassed because he's a guy that couldn't see the field yeah. because of all in Aaron Rodgers' jackass buddies that were attempting to be on the field and doing so poorly. Good job by you. I thought the Jets could have a really okay Super Bowl Sunday. and not. No, 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 no. Here's a guy that couldn't get on the field, even as horrendous as the wide receivers were. And middle of the season, the Jets trade McCall Hardman back to the Chiefs. And it's not like Hardman was great with the Chiefs. He caught a couple of passes a week. But the, there he is, catching the game-winning touchdown, blacking out after he catches it, throws the ball all over the place, doesn't remember what went on. I mean, this is just, this is just Jets, man. You couldn't get on the, He couldn't get on the field for the Jets, yet he could catch the game-winning pass in the Super Bowl. Jets, yo. Well, I mean, you run the same play you did with Tony, and if he could do it, McCall Hardman can. See? That's the way it works. But, yeah, just absolute chaos. Now uh, he's a Super Bowl hero. He is a super – he's going to live forever. He's going to be one of those guys where every year in 10, 15 years – let's look back at some of the big one-hit wonders in Super Bowl history. You know, Timmy Smith with his big game in the Super Bowl for for Washington. Um, uh, You know, Mike Jones and his tackle uh, against the Titans. All these guys that won big game. James White and his three touchdowns. Yeah, don't forget, it was the the McCall Hardman game. Oh, sure. Not about legacy and and dynasties and Mahomes or Reed or Kelsey or any of that stuff. Nope. What what game do you remember that one? 58. Oh, that was the Vegas one. Oh, it's the McCall Hardman game. Yeah. Three catches, 57 yards, a touchdown. (laughs) 
He's going to be, oh, the best thing that happened to me. I thought I would get there with the Jets. I was excited with the Jets. There he is winning with, 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 the, with the Chiefs. That, that's Jets football right there. You think I could? No, 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 no. We're going to twist the knife in you one more time on Super Bowl Sunday. And at the very end, not like you could catch a pass earlier in the game where you go, oh, look at that, caught a pass. No, no, no. He's going to catch the game-winning touchdown pass in overtime at the Super Bowl. That's what he's going to do. Well, you know, sometimes you got to get the uh, the extra level of angst to come through in a big way. And, and for you, I mean, you, you had to enjoy it just to, you know, kind of just shake your head and say, yep, this is why we can't have nice things. Yep. This Not even it. average things or below average because McCall Hartman's an average. Yeah, I mean, below average. Look, he got, up, couldn't get on the field. He did nope. get that 52 yard reception when the uh, defensive back suddenly didn't know how to play defensive back. Well, there that is, was that interesting. True. true. Yes, you're right. You're right. That was, you know, because I immediately had to tweet out since the narrative of the two weeks was, you know, Brock Purdy had so many interception worthy passes and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> had none. I'm like, even though that was complete, does that not count as interception worthy? Uh, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> even after he threw an interception, are we going to count that one or do we have to keep that clean? That one's not on my Mahomes. We changed the way we score him at home. Let Express Employment Professionals help hire your next pro. Like, don't do what the Jets did and get hard when you have to trade them back. No, look, forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, interviews with unqualified applicants. McCall, we don't think you're qualified. We're going to let you go to the Jets and then maybe bring you back. Uh, move up to the pros. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. That's ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com. I'm thinking of the meaning of the life as you just said that. They're in the hospital. It's like, well, what does that do? Oh, that's the most expensive machine in the hospital. And he goes, can I touch it? It's like, no, no, no. You're not qualified. Oh, uh, not qualified. That's why. That's how it is. Uh, of course, of course, McCall Hartman. Of course, McCall Hartman. Uh, now, let's start tonight. Look, we have so much Super Bowl to get to coming off at the Chiefs win their third in four years. An amazing game. It was so much fun. Let's start with what's going on today, which are the stupidest controversies you could possibly imagine. Uh, today mainly was, hey, a lot of people are upset. A lot of fans hate Kyle Shanahan and want to blame him for everything. So let's just go over the top with the fact that some of the Niners didn't know the rules for overtime and the Niners taking the ball first in overtime was the worst thing to do. Both of these things are fine. This is just, today is just stupid because it, the, with the hurt falling in, it's what do we do and and and. Shanahan's an easy target, right? The guy has blown Super Bowls, the end of Super Bowls. Meanwhile, two of the ones he's lost, he's lost a bleep in Mahomes. So, okay, you got beat by the best quarterback in the game. It happens. The other time you lose as an OC, okay, but he's an easy target, and I get it. And if you want to talk about it for other things, I understand, but... First of all, why did San Francisco take the ball first in overtime? That's the stupidest controversy. That is just stupid. He mentioned the reasons why they took the ball first in overtime. Because I could guarantee us a third possession as long as the game doesn't end. We could both kick field goals. We could both score touchdowns. And the way the game was going, two field goals or two punts, that could have happened. And you guarantee that you get the ball a third time. Mm -hmm. That's a great reason. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, the whole, but you know what you need if you take the ball second crowd. It, that's just even more stupid than this controversy. Because it's, what do you mean you know what you need? That's the same people that say you go for two when you, when you know, when you're down two scores late, you go for it first so you know what you need. No, you can kick the extra point and make the last possession worth something. You can go for two and not make it, and the game is over. Why would yeah. you do that? That's just stupid. Well, it also that's just it, stupid. it also ignores the fact that the Chiefs in the final. Six minutes of regulation had run 23 plays and virtually all of the clock, which meant those guys were gassed. Yeah. You've already covered up for Greenlaw really well, mm. but these guys, I mean, you saw the second half, right? All of the Chase Young revenge games and Bosa and all of those things, all the pressure that they got in the first half, suddenly they had nothing left. Yeah, so maybe an extra couple of minutes on the sideline. And look, if you finish the drive, you know, by picking up, you know, the best defensive player that the opponent has. You know, if you pick him up and at least at least chip him one bit, it's a touchdown pass to Jennings, and we're having a completely different conversation. I mean, the, the reasons were good. The reasons were sound. But it's like no matter what, oh, no, it's Kyle Shanahan's fault. It's like no matter what, it was a predisposition to this is going to be his fault somehow, even though – 
What do you mean? It's, if it was the same rules as regulation over time, okay, I understand. But it's not. They're different. And so it's this is what this is what it is. And the, and the reasoning was sound. And nothing changed strategy-wise. If you're driving, you think you can make the first down, you go for it on fourth down. If you don't think you punt or you kick a field goal and play defense. I mean, there, there was this is the stupidest controversy. It was just, I'm just mad. People are just mad, and they want to make it look like somebody is at fault. And meanwhile, all of that decision-making was completely within realm of, of, of why you would do it, and the reasons were good. And it's just, let's just take it out on Kyle Shanahan because we lost the game and because we had the lead and we lost again. This is, this is, this is his sure. fault. Well, There's I mean, lots of things you want to blame him for. This is not one of those Yeah, things. it's another one of those, you know, just tack on the data points of lost another double-digit lead, all of those things. And, and it's the narrative that flows and, and something that, you know, we had talked about a little bit becomes – uh, more of a talking point uh, coming out of the game of, remember, the guy he lost to, not Mahomes, but Andy Reid, remember his time in Philadelphia. That's all I keep raising my hand to because uh, eventually they had to part ways and move. So Shanahan getting a little bit of that today. But, you know, in the end, if you execute properly, as I said, on the, the final play before kicking the, the moody field goal to send the, you know, get, take the lead in overtime, then it doesn't matter. It's it's a moot point, but it goes wrong. It's it's like a lot of the the Dan Campbell stuff, right? You could disagree with the call, but in the end, players have to go make plays, right? Coaches can draw it up and scheme it up as well as they can. Guys don't finish it off. Like, how does that come back on the coach, right? It's that that's the thing I, I'm always curious, right? If you get blown out of the out of the game from the first snap all the way through and you're non-competitive. Yeah. Let's talk about the coaches. If they do something that uh, is, is truly inane in the process. Sure. Here. I didn't see anything that stood out as wow. Kyle Shanahan really biffed it here, but it adds to the narrative of losses in big moments. And when you're talking Mahomes, you're talking the chiefs and all of the comparisons, the Brady that flow out of it. Yeah. You're going back to 28, three, and he's going to wear it for that, even though, again, he wasn't the head man, but he wears it just as hard. And the other part of this that plays into this today, obviously, is some of the players, it's become apparent that they didn't know the rules of overtime, that it was each team gets the ball once, no matter what happens. check talked about it, a couple other players. And you know what? Is that a little bit embarrassing? Yeah, but you know what? Even that's overblown and that's stupid. That's more of just a bad optic that, boy, Kyle Shannon really didn't need that than it is that had an impact on the game. Uh, you're still trying to do the same things. There's nothing that changes. When you get the ball first in overtime, again, you're driving down the field. If it's fourth and one at the 35, you think you make a first down, you're going to go for it. If not, you're kicking a field goal because you know you're giving the ball back to the, te- to the team if you kick the field goal. You know you're doing that. So nothing's changed. You know, now, and if there was confusion on the sideline, and that's a different story. Like if suddenly it was, wait a minute, what's happening, and the players don't know, and what do we want to do here, and let's go for this here, and there's all kinds of confusion, then I get, oh, boy, Kyle Shanahan really biffed that. But there was none of that. Well, it was just some players going, well, we didn't really know what it was uh so we always thought oh we get that and they looked at the rules up on on the top it's a bad optic i'm not saying it's not it, yeah it's a, it's i think a it's a bad optic but i think it speaks to a larger thing game? with shanahan though i don't, but like, I don't think that not in game, game but just in terms of overall organizational uh top down because every one of those guys could have lied and and played dumb and just said you know we we just didn't finish the drive they all chose to admit they didn't know which is bad organizationally and reflects poorly on your coaching staff. Yeah, that it's a, in, it's in a, a year bad where, optic. I'll well, tell you, especially when you hear the Chiefs say, we all knew we've practiced that since, which, which is ridiculous. Well, we, did, we did that first practice of the season. We knew that we were we had to look at overtime. The rules of Super Bowl overtime. Are yeah, okay. Th- thanks, for, thanks for really saying that. <laughs> I, I really think that's what you did day one of practice was the overtime rules in the Super Bowl. So it looks even worse when the Chiefs say that. But no, I said it's a bad, and I agree with you, it's a bad optic. But did that really have an impact on the game? game uh, it didn't it well if didn't. it changed if, if Shanahan didn't know and wasn't calling the game the same way then yes uh blame him and Matt Nagy uh and, and but, how, but how would you call it different that is the thing. what would you have done differently what would you, you no you but that's my ball, point right going if, down to score a touchdown and or, or and when you can't you kick a field goal I mean it's just like anything else right? well but no different it goes back to the folks that were in the echo chamber saying that he shouldn't have taken the ball to start OT 
which as he's shown, that was the right call because of the sound decision-making of getting the ball three times potentially or getting the ball two times versus one, and I got to get my defense off the field because they're gassed. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, but like I said, this is what it is, is Shanahan is just such an easy target. He's such an easy target that that's what happens is that even when the things that come out that really aren't a big deal, it's, oh, look at this. It's the worst thing you've ever done. This is the worst thing you've ever done. It's all it's all. I mean, is it is it his fault that the that they're not calling holding penalties on the Chiefs? Oh, too soon. Too soon for that. Rich well, it's, it's a reality yeah. thing that, you know, <laughs> you look at the way the the game was called and, and not by SpongeBob and Patrick. They called out a couple of obvious holds uh, in, in, in play, but. You know, you, you look at the national broadcast and even the narrative out like that officiating was as far from criticism as you possibly could get coming out of the game. Yet raising my hand, like my brother sent me a screenshot of of one of the plays on on, you know, the the line against Bosa right as it happened. He goes, how's this not called <laughs> NFL? Vinovich doesn't call holds. We knew that coming into the game. And and there's a pretty obvious one that they just let slide away again. Chiefs win. They execute. McCall Hardman, ex-Jet, now good. Uh, did you know Discover wants everyone to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, you got access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. That's discover.com slash credit card. So Kyle Shanahan, very easy target, but this stuff overblown and stupid uh coming up next we'll get into the officiating of the super how much of an impact did that have mahomes what did he really do by winning the super bowl yesterday is the window closed for the 49ers i'll keep it right here jason lock and for nfl insider extraordinaire stops by next jason and mike we're just getting started this is fox sports radio hey so did you guys happen to catch the pfizer ad last night it's got everybody talking today Cancer, as we know, is a tough opponent affecting way too many people. Do you know it's the second leading cause of death globally? Crazy, right? About one in three individuals in the U.S. will get hit with a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime. But Pfizer's 175th anniversary ad last night brought some serious game. It's a tribute to the real MVPs, honoring the most prominent scientists and scientific discoveries of the past and present, and celebrating the ongoing work Pfizer's doing to bring the next generation of breakthroughs to parents. Pfizer's making significant investments to tackle cancer, one of the biggest health challenges of our lifetime. And we have a role in it, too. Whether it's getting regular screenings for early detection or even participating in clinical trials that pave the way for life-saving treatments, every action counts in this battle against cancer. So don't wait. Visit letsoutdocancer.com. That's letsoutdocancer.com to learn more. Thank you, Aaron. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This League Uncut, the new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! 
Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Thurow Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening your podcast fox sports radio the jason smith show with my best friend mike Harmon, live from the tire studios did you know discover wants everyone to feel special that's why with your discover card you have access to 24 7 customer service as well as zero dollar fraud liability which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases learn more at discover.com slash credit card that's discover.com slash credit card limitations they do apply well joining us now on the hotline to take a look back at a phenomenal super bowl longtime nfl insider Check him out on Odyssey, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore, Washington Post, Jason Locke and Fora Jay. What's happening, bud? What's going on, gentlemen? Well, uh, offic- officially today we've reached the, the, the portion of, of the Super Bowl where it's look at all the holding calls that didn't get called on the Chiefs yesterday. The NFL wants the Chiefs to win portion <laughs> of the NFL season. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I, I this script thing, I guess uh, – <laughs> It's just baked into our cake now. Sure. Um, hey, look, th- th- that crew let them play. I mean, I don't think it was just holding. You know, it was also uh, a lot of downfield stuff. They, they, they. It was clear that they were going to let them play, which I think is also why, to a lot of people, myself included, the, the you know when they finally did call a defensive holding early in overtime when it looked like um, San Francisco was going to be held, you know, to a quick punt, it was kind of jarring because you just, you didn't see a whole lot of, uh, of flags on the field, except for, you know, when, when things were, were super blatant, when they were obvious, like mm-hmm. false starts and guys jumping. Um, so I don't know, man, I don't, for me, officiating was thankfully, you know, gratefully, not a big part of the plot where often it is. We didn't like the field conditions and the game officials weren't a thing to me, which was huge because they have been in too many other big games. 100%. What'd you think of the uh, admission of multiple players that there had been no discussion of overtime rules from Kyle Shanahan and staff? Well, look, I, I'll say this. I, I think it is a little. Um, interesting to me that the Chiefs made it a point of emphasis going all the way back to training camp, right, and had many practices where they emphasized it and where it was talked about and it was understood and it was a part of their um, season-long preparation for what they expected, which is to be playing in the final game of the year. So whatever we may think of how Shanahan handled it, it's clear that there was a huge dichotomy between that and the Chiefs. Now, we can quibble whether it mattered or one is that different than the other. And Would the 49ers players' mindset or mentality been any different had they emphasized it the way Andy Reid did? And we'll never know. Um, but I think it's noteworthy that coupled with um, – Shanahan's decision, right, and worrying about the third possession that never materialized, uh, it's, it's certainly noteworthy to me. See, I, I didn't, I didn't mind that so much. I thought, hey, the way the game is going, certainly they could get the ball back, and with his defense being gassed, being on the field as long as they were, hey, we don't want to give a possession where that Mahomes just goes right down the field. I thought there was pretty good reasoning, and it just, it just didn't work out. Obviously, you got to make plays and go forward, but I thought his reasoning for taking the ball first was fine. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, not, I, I, not for me. Um, I would rather want to control the situation. I would want to know exactly what I'm up against. And if I think I'm the better team, and right, if, statistically and otherwise, a lot of people would say San Francisco, um, the better team, then let's go win it. 
You know, I'm the greatest play caller in my generation. Let me know if I need three or I need seven or I need eight. But I'm, I'm going to go out and do that. Um, so, hey, look, bottom line is if you're going to beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in the playoffs, you have to play your A game. And you're going to need to win the turnover battle, not push. And you're going to need to win special teams, not lose. And you're going to need to find a way to build up a significant enough lead so that Patrick Mahomes doesn't hold the ball in a one-score situation late. And and if you don't do all those things, you were probably in trouble. Well, it goes back to the regular season, right? As we watched them flail about, it was someone needs to come up and vanquish them. Because if they're still alive in the tournament, they're a problem. And lo and behold, here they are celebrating at Disneyland the day after the Super Bowl. Uh, curious, though, uh, I, I would love their, their thoughts on, you know, George Kittle, right? Obviously banged up a bit, but a guy who was a non-factor for the 49ers. Yeah, um just kind of odd. I mean, really, nobody. I mean, who was a factor? I mean, their wide receiver production was sure. was pretty scant. I mean, you know, Brock Purdy managed the game. He didn't make catastrophic mistakes, but they weren't making a ton of big boy plays. They weren't getting explosives. Um, Spagnuolo had them them wound up pretty tight. He wasn't going to give them a whole lot of freebies and really any. And when he dialed up the blitz and he really cranked it up in the second half. It was a problem and he dominated Shanahan on third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was a big part of the game. Um, there was this team of 49ers loaded with offensive stars and oh my God, how are they going to stop them all? You know, any of them. And they really bottled them all up. McCaffrey wasn't what we thought he would be or what he had been all year on the ground. You know, Debo didn't really do anything. Ayuk had a couple of catches. That was really it. Kittle did absolutely nothing. I mean, it was absolutely master class and special stuff from Spagnuolo's defense. And what they did, you know, running that gauntlet the last three games at Buffalo, at Baltimore, and in the Super Bowl against the 49ers is, is pretty remarkable. Jason Locke and four NFL Insider, our guest, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the TireRack.com studios. All right, so on the other side now, we've heard all the conversations all day. It's all been Mahomes. Is he better than Brady? Is he the best? What did, what, in your mind, what did Mahomes do yesterday? What did he do either for his, his image, his resume, what you saw from him in the Super Bowl? What was your big takeaway from Mahomes a day ago? Well, he's he's on the road to Al Brady and Brady. I mean, not only getting there, but potentially getting there faster, which is the most staggering, ridiculous thing that anyone could have thought of as this Brady thing was winding down and as Brady found a way to one-up himself by doing what he did in a COVID year in Tampa, for that to have really just been a segue to this other thing that by age, 80, age 28 is already more remarkable than Brady's thing, how can that be, right? Like how in the in the 100-plus year history of this league, how and especially this league post-merger and especially, especially this league in the salary cap era, how can these two things, like how could Brady have handed the baton to Mahomes? And how could Mahomes have closed on Brady this fast? Like none of that makes sense. Um, how long is it going to be? before somebody other than Tom Brady has the most playoff victories over Patrick Mahomes. Right? He's got him twice. Sure. Burrow's got him once. Nobody else has got him. Like, are we going to be talking three years from now and Tom Brady's still the only quarterback to beat Patrick Mahomes more than one time in the playoffs? I mean, I don't know, but it's possible. Go look at the all-time wins leaders, playoffs and regular season. That could be Andy Reid, both. Oh, 100%. Like, like, that's what I think yesterday is about. It's about that team doing it a different way, being wholly committed to if we got to win 18-17, let's win 18-17. If we got to win 23-22, let's win 23-22. Um, it's, it's just about playing winning football. And then it's winning football, and then when it's money time, when it's winning time, we're going to go out and win the game. Um He's just so under control, and when he needs to lean into his 
physical ability and the off-script stuff and the playmaker, the innate playmaker in him, he does it. And when it's time just to hand it to Pacheco and get the three yards and take what the defense is giving us, he, he's a genius at that too. Um, I mean, again, what he's done through this stage of his postseason career compared to anybody else, including Tom Brady, it ain't even close. I mean, passer rating, yardage, TD to interception ratio, it's not even close. Yeah, He's Jay. destroying Tom Brady in every category, in the playoffs. Yeah, I would say the two things that I'll take from it, Jason, is one, since I'm paired with Mr. Smith, Jets fan, uh, this will always be the McCall Hardman game. <laughs> well, sure, there is that. And then yeah. for uh, Mahomes himself, I'm just going to remember him taking off for two monumental runs that were giant daggers to that yeah. 49er defense. Not passes, not anything, you know, not pinpoint precision, just him taking off. <laughs> well, look, that's a that's an element of his game that he doesn't have to do much, but when he wants to, when it's time to, um, you have to also account for that in a way you never did with Tom Brady. It, I mean, this this it, this shouldn't be happening. But it's happening, and I mean, he's just really kind of entering his prime. And he's also, in his own way, as maniacal and as driven as Tom Brady. And it's a year-round pursuit for him. It's certainly not seasonal. He's never going to have I – mean, I know people were joking about his physique, but this guy's, this guy's an animal. He doesn't brand it TB12 like the other guy. He's not bragging about avocado ice cream. But, like, trust me, he has studied Tom Brady – like to a T and the kinesiology and all of it, like he's got the same ideas, man. And he's also able to generate a chip on his shoulder, even when you'd think there's really not one. And we know the Patriots were legendary at that. Like these guys do it too. You know what I mean? Now he's getting off on the fact that they're not even the betting favorites for next year. Like they will find a way to keep everybody in that building motivated the way Brady and Belichick did for so long, even when they were going to the championship game or the Super Bowl every year. All right, Jay, before we let you go, now we're, we're, we're putting the cap on this year. Obviously, we have the entire offseason. We have the draft to go. But if I said to you, okay, I want to go to Vegas and, and put money on the teams that I think are going to go to the Super Bowl next year. Who are your early favorites right now? You can see, obviously, we have a long way to go, and I'm not going to hold you to something further than that. But well, right now, who, do you, who would you like next year? I will just say this. I did spend a little bit of time looking at Super Bowl futures this morning um, to make the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl. And Green Bay at 16-1 to to win the Super Bowl intrigued me. You know, they're clustered with some other teams that I like, too, who are also young and ascending like Cincinnati. But, like, I don't know how Mike Brown's going to handle, you know, having a quarterback making real money now and also starting to have the T. Higgins of the world going into free agency. And what does it mean for Jamar Chase? But, like, the Packers know who they are. They're never going to do anything stupid in free agency, right, because they just don't mm-hmm. really dabble there. They're an incredible draft and developed team. They were the youngest team in the league that, frankly, should have, been playing, you know, into the championship game at Detroit. Uh, the quarterback is ascendant. They'll rebuild the offensive line, but I mean, there's a lot of pieces there. I, I, I like the move at defensive coordinator. You know, do they need a few things? Could they use an off-ball linebacker? You know, what are they going to do with Darnell Savage? Are they going to do something different at safety? Like, okay, but they started getting after the passer in the second half. Like, I. I, you know, there's a lot to like there, and, and I, they're smart and they're shrewd, and I think they'll have a good offseason because they usually do, and they draft well. So Green Bay at 16-1 to 1 is pretty interesting to me. You can follow him on Twitter at Jason Lock and Four. That is at Jason Lock and Four. Odyssey, Washington Post, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Jay, as always, buddy, appreciate it, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Have fun. My pleasure, gentlemen. Have a good week. See you, buddy. Green Bay, Jordan Love, yeah, and go. again, and again, okay, yeah, they really they really won the Aaron Rodgers trade. Now, suddenly, well, suddenly, Packers futures are going through the roof. <laughs> somewhere between 16 and 20 to 1. Uh, I think he might have had to go on for about 15 minutes, but I wanted to ask, how much uh, talk in Baltimore today was it was all Greg Roman's fault that this happened because he didn't run the ball? Oh, wow. I know he's now with the Chargers and all, but, you know, <laughs> they can kick him since he's out the door. <laughs> 
Exit out by the Fresca. Exit Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Well, if you think the NFL wanted the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl yesterday, so, hey, we're not going to call holding calls, that's got nothing on the end of this Knicks-Rockets game, which, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Not one person cares. Are you kidding me? Nobody cares. It's, it's, I'm leading to what's trend. What is wrong with you, Frostberg? <laughs> Steve DeSager has more on this and other stories <laughs> with what's trending in the wide world of sports. No controversy whatsoever at Houston tonight. <laughs> the Rockets edge the New York Knicks 105-103. Jalen Brunson with the tying shot in the final seconds for New York, but then he was called for a foul defensively in the final second. And therefore, the two-point margin of victory for the home team. Knicks were not granted a timeout after review in that final second. So game over. Jalen Brunson, 27 points in the loss, 10 of 25 shooting from the floor. Milwaukee pounded defending champion Denver, 112 to 95. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 36 points and 18 rebounds. New Orleans sent Memphis to a ninth straight loss, 96-87. Cleveland had won nine games in a row, but the Cavs lost at home to Philadelphia, 120. 3-121. Victories for Chicago and Charlotte. Hornets general manager Mitch Kupchak stepped down today. He'll be a team advisor. And it was San Antonio ending a seven-game losing streak with an easy win at Toronto, 122-99. to Rookie Victor Wembanyama, not just with a triple-double, it was 27 points, 14 rebounds, and 10 block shots in 29 minutes on the court. Currently, the Wizards, who have lost six in a row, are leading at Dallas with six minutes left, 96-94. to Daniel Gafford now with the Mavs, 16.17 rebounds. Golden State has won four in a row. Warriors are leading at Utah late third quarter, 82-72, and about to get underway the late game. Minnesota at the Clippers. The NBA All-Star game is this Sunday. College Hoops, Texas Tech at home, dominating number six-ranked Kansas, 55-36 with about nine minutes to go. Ninth-ranked Duke beat Wake Forest, 77-69. UConn and Purdue are still 1-2 in the new polls. In the NHL's late game, Minnesota tied 1-1 at Vegas in the first. Earlier wins for New Jersey, Philadelphia, and the Rangers all at home. The Steelers cut quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. The Cowboys' new defensive coordinator is Mike Zimmer. Washington's new linebackers coach is Ken Norton Jr. By the way, I did notice online that McCole Hardman, there had only been one other player to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl and play for the Jets in the same season. Matt Snell, everybody. <laughs> Matt, Matt Snell, Snell, Super Matt Bowl Snell. three. That's it. Yeah. The initial numbers out for the TV rating, CBS TV reporting that they got 120 million viewers for last night's Super Bowl. Now, that includes out-of-home viewing, which didn't used to be a thing. If you throw in the Nickelodeon and the Spanish and the streaming, 123.4 million viewers, which would be a record. But also, Sportico points out they happen to be the network carrying a Super Bowl that went overtime. So they made more money on the extra ads in the long overtime period and in fact, that computes to nearly $60 million extra for the network just in ad money. And one final thing, and I've already heard this from some people, so if you hear it, make sure to stop them and correct them as a sports fan. I've heard people saying, you know, in the NFL, nobody's ever won three titles in a row. Has anybody ever heard of Vince Lombardi? The whole Super Bowl trophy is named for him. His last three years with Green Bay, he won three NFL titles in a row. In fact, it was five of his last seven years they won the title. It's not their fault that the Super Bowl wasn't invented a year earlier, but they did win Super Bowl one, dominated the Chiefs. Well, when Super Bowl two dominated Oakland, if it had just been invented a year prior. They probably had a good chance to beat the Buffalo Bills. I'm just saying. <laughs> Somebody has won three NFL titles in a row. Vince Lombardi's Packers. Back to you. That's the same thing as, hey, uh, Mahomes and Brady in Montana, the only ones that win three Super Bowls and three MVPs. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw's like, hey, I got four. Yeah. Why do people never mention me? I got four Super it's Bowls. disrespected man. constantly. I got four. Our guy, TB. I'll tell you. Yeah, it doesn't whole, fit that narrative. Doesn't it's the, the whole narrative. anything that happened before 1990. <laughs> It's like not sports history. It's like, have you ever heard of Jim Brown or any of the, I, honestly, the guy, people, there's the a Hall of Fame Fox, out there. He played football? 
That guy on Fox? Really? Yes. When? James really? Brown. Yeah, many a wow. pregame show. Sure. But when they threw the football, not when it was single-wing offense, when they threw the football. Wow, okay. Yeah, Thank right. you, Steve. I appreciate uh-huh. it, my friend. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. Uh, coming up next, hey, a guy today is getting a lot of flack for his performance in the Super Bowl, but I'm going to zig where you think I'm going to zag. I thought he was really good yesterday. That's next right here. Jason and Mike, Fox. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Now I want to watch Pretty in Pink. Fox Sports Radio, the Duck Man, the Duck Man. Ducky. You ever, you ever have one of these? Uh-uh. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the TireRack.com studios. There's somebody getting a lot of criticism today, not named Kyle Shanahan, for his performance in the Super Bowl. And I got to say that I disagree with. Thought the guy had a pretty solid day. Patrick Starr was fantastic. <laughs> oh, I thought we would be together forever. Uh, he's getting a lot of flack for what happened at the end of the game. Was it Fred Warner? Was it, was it a, no, let's just let Jim Nance and the guy we're talking about break it all down for us. Here. They called it. All right, Nate. Eight seconds left in overtime. Mahomes roll. Okay, I wanted the Jim Nance, Tony Romo call. Nah, that. SpongeBob was better. That was that was better. I, I, I mean, did you I hear Patrick? No, I get it. I you mean, come hear on, Patrick. That was good. No, that was good. It was. It was. You know, Patrick enunciated a lot more than I expected. I thought he would be somebody who loses mind there more than anything else. Ah, oh, they were fantastic. <laughs> It was a great call of the game, I got to say. And Dora explaining holding. I mean, that's no, pretty, but that's just it. She's you know explaining what the rules. <laughs> Everybody kept waiting for Gibby to come out and have his shirt off, like back in the day from, you know, the iCarly show. I mean, can you say delicioso? Do you know what a false start is? <laughs> can you say ex Jet McCole Hardman? That's right. He played for the Jets. I bet you can. This is the uh, rule of Jet. <laughs> no, here is uh, here's the Nance Romo version of the final call because Romo's getting a lot of flack today, and it's mainly over this. First and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there. Hardman jackpot. Kansas City. And this was the Andy Reid special. 
This was the Andy Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career, he's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it. And in overtime, he is the best. He is the standard. And Michael Jordan wins it again. So that call on CBS, oh, Tony Romo ruined the end of the game. Now, well, I, I will admit, Jim Nance, jackpot Kansas City, you got to let that breathe. You let it breathe for a few seconds, let it breathe for about 10, 15 seconds, camera shots, everybody's yelling, going crazy, the Super Bowl is over, no one's paying attention to what Tony Romo is saying, and instead Romo couldn't help himself, he was doing really well, I had a great game, and then I got to jump in and I got to say this, you could have waited, you could have waited about 10, 15, 20 seconds, let Jim Nance's call sink in, and then come in and say exactly what you said, because everything he said there was great analysis, and I, I get that he's getting flack for this today, but again, just like people want want to hate Kyle Shanahan people want to hate Tony Romo and I said coming in the guy's got to have a big Super Bowl if he's going to keep his job next year right I was open to the fact that he could I didn't think he could but he did outside of that which is being overblown oh I can't believe it Tony Romo had a really solid Super Bowl there was no yelling there was no Jim Jim there weren't a lot of mistakes his uh insight especially at the end about how the Chiefs have to blitz and what they need to do to dial things up was really good Albeit, I tweeted that like two minutes before he said that. Makes me think I really could be an NFL uh, analyst during games. But that's not here or there. This is about Tony Romo. This is not about me. I thought Romo had a pretty good game. I think Romo's going to come back next year. He's not going to lose his gig. He'll still be the number one guy with Jim Nance. I was I was pretty impressed. I didn't think he could have a good game. I didn't think he would go in prepared and, and be dialed back a bit and not just yelling and screaming and sound like a fan who won a contest because that's basically what Romo's become the last couple of years. I thought he didn't think he could do it, but he did. He was pretty solid. People want to hate the end, but it's really not that big a deal, but people are going to hate. I liked when he was singing going into commercial breaks and all of that. I mean, that was fun. He still had some of the Romo-ism and what made him uh, polarizing and, you know, at first what made him in, endeared him to so many folks. Uh, the only problem I had is as Nance was trying to call the play, uh, he was still talking, right? So you had a little bit of a bleed there. In the end, sure. Could you could you let it have another beat or two before he jumped in? But it's ex- excited utterances, the heat of the moment, as it were. Uh, and he was working on his Michael Jordan line. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got jackpot. I won up, Jack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if this is my last last hurrah, as some speculate with Greg Olson potentially swirling out there. Damn it, I'm going down swinging with a great one-liner that's going to fuel sports talk radio and television tomorrow morning, which is exactly what he did. He did enough to keep his gig. To say, all right, we're going to go spend $15 million on Greg Olson now to bring him in to replace eh. Romo. I don't know. I don't you know just Romo made an extra enough. 60, like Steve said, was one of the data points I had. McManus is like, hey, we got another $60 million going out the door. See you, Tony. Jason, watch the game on What's mute. What's something different you haven't heard all day about Patrick Mahomes? That's next on Fox. Just by jumping in his face. Oh, that's a foul. Oh. Uh, he didn't need to touch. I like that. That's pretty good officiating. You don't need to touch him. Wait, what? I just love no, the guy No, but like he's way. the guy falling away with a deep yeah. three-point shot. And you don't need to touch him. Don't need to touch him. You decided no, to that, fly at him and, but that, and you but, get called but, for the ball. I agree with you. I agree with you. As bad a call, and that's as bad as it's you're going to see. It's not as bad. Oh, it's awful call. Just, just stop. Bad I'm decision. giving you credit. Just stop it. Just, just stop going anti-opposite me every single second just because. I'm going to give you credit because I agree with you. As bad a call as that was. It wasn't a bad call. Stop, Frostburg. Same thing with you. And you too, T-shirt. And you too, Steve. Anybody else who walks in. As bad a call as that was. But it wasn't. It's a off. As bad a call as that was, because it was bad and awful and the worst call you'll see. As bad as that was. Jalen Brunson has to know better. And he can't fly at a guy who's taking and grabbing the ball and taking an off-balance prayer from six feet behind the three-point line. You, you can't do it. You can't put yourself in position to make that happen, especially when you know how the game is going. And this game, you saw the Rockets shoot 21 more free throws than the Knicks did. So you kind of know, hey, late in the fourth quarter, this is where Tibbs, you talk on the sideline and go, hey, let's be smart here because they've been to the free throw line you know, way more than we have. We have way more fouls called than we have. So let's just understand that that's the case. So let's realize that there's a different, and, and so let's go. 
and that's what happened, right? I mean, you saw you saw 20, 12 free throws shot by the Knicks tonight, 33 for the Rockets. So you know the whistle's going the way of the Rockets. You can't put yourself in position for that to happen. So that I agree. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. I'm with you, Frostberg, on that part of it. I'm with you. you. You can't put yourself in that position to make it happen. I'm with you. Made contact with the arm, ran through his thigh. Could argue, you know, it, uh, it's like we do with the NFL and a lot of it's like, well, in the final two minutes, you can't yeah. really do this, that, the other. Well, he did, did. Make contact with the arm and and initiated contact with the thigh, which is that they were looking to make a call, and that's why you have to back away. Oh, they're looking away. to make a call. You now you're saying away. the ref injected you themselves. You're a conspiracy theorist. You got to back away. It's a, that's a, the Super Bowl's got nothing on that call, man. That's like, whoo, man. Tell, Carl Sheppers is going, man. I got to be an NBA ref. I love that call, right? Twenty-seven, there. four, and seven, and a bad foul. <laughs> Uh, Good job by Precious, though. He dominated uh, on the boards. Yeah, but he missed free throws. And another L for the Knicks. Yeah, no, I'll tell you, the All-Star break can't come soon enough. They're piling up, Mike. But uh, yes, 33 free throws to 12. Yeah, you can ask some questions. Enough. You got you to gotta know. You got to know what not to do. Uh, but all day you've heard and seen conversation, and everyone is the same about Patrick Mahomes. Is Patrick Mahomes now better than Tom Brady? Is Patrick Mahomes now the GOAT? Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Brady better than And it's like everybody wanted to just default to that because, hey, well, that's what I want to talk about now. Okay, we're going to give you stuff on Mahomes that's a little bit different than what you've heard about all day because – Yes, the greatness of Mahomes is clearly on display now. You're talking about a guy with three Super Bowls by the age of 28 and three Super Bowl MVPs. So we, we can't cut up the, the the conversation to be something so incredibly out of left field. But you know what Mahomes really did yesterday is that everybody, we want people to be Brady, right? We want who's the next Brady, and Brock Purdy's the next Brady. Meanwhile, all of a sudden, Mahomes is halfway to Brady, and he's 28 years old. This is like, oh, is Roger Federer going to be the greatest tennis player of all time? And he, he enjoyed that for like five minutes. And now here comes Novak Djokovic sure. saying, yeah, I'm going to blow by. Wait a minute, but I was the best. I'm the GOAT. But Tom Brady owns a rarefied status. He is not a superstar. Tom Brady is an icon. What he has done, he, it's, it's why he gets compared to all the time. It's why Tom Brady pushes so much conversation. Tom Brady is an absolute icon. It is a big leap to go from being a star in a sport to a superstar in a sport. And Patrick Mahomes was a superstar in the sport, right? There's lots of – Mahomes is a superstar. You see other players. Josh Allen's a superstar. Lamar Jackson's a superstar. But, okay, Mahomes is the biggest of the superstars. But now you're talking about three Super Bowls, three Super Bowl MVPs. Now he's become the icon. Now he's he's what he did yesterday was jump from NFL superstar. Look how big. Now he's an icon. And now he is up in that rarefied air of Brady where we compare. We pay attention to everything he does personally. What happens with with his wife is now going to be even a bigger deal, not just when she's hanging out with Taylor Swift. Everything that goes on in the offseason with him. He became an icon yesterday, and that's a really difficult thing to do because there's lots of superstars. There's lots of some of the greatest players of all time. The Hall of Fame is filled with superstars. There's very few icons. And whereas you think about where Brady is and why we talk about him so much because that's the level he reached even before he went to the, the, the uh, Buccaneers and won the Super Bowl. He's, he's the icon. He's the great. He's the GOAT. Everything. Brady, Brady, Brady. We talk about Brady's divorce because he's an icon. He's a celebrity. He's bigger than being a star that's what Mahomes did yesterday he said okay I was an NFL superstar I was the best quarterback in the game now I'm an absolute icon and now things are going to be different for him they're going to be different better great because he's going to he's going to be because someone who gets more money and more relevancy and more everything but he's also going to get more scrutiny and it's going to be the same thing with Brady getting scrutiny about how good he was and everything this is what happens when you are an icon and that's what Mahomes became yesterday yeah, I would say, like, at least in my estimation, nothing changed. Like, already had put him there, and look, he gets the W. I saw folks with some really uh, terrible memes comparing him to, to Jordan, uh, you know, and he was laid out on the, the side of the, the field and everything. But you're, you're looking at the, the data points, and yes, it, it's another notch on the Super Bowl. You're still a long way to go before you get to the numbers of Brady, but I already thought we'd hit that that point of the the icon between the quarterback show, the number of commercials he's on, all of that stuff. Because, look, the scrutiny for his wife and, and brother, 
I mean, his brother, uh, who famously was was sunned by uh, the wife uh, trying to get in at a, a party during Super Bowl week. Like, I don't know that guy. Keep him out of here kind of thing. Uh, you've got that. And then, obviously, the trials and tribulations of Mahomes Sr., uh, they're there. But, you know, they, they kind of push to the to the background. They're kind of ancillary stories, particularly Jackson these days. I don't think he gets the same same run except to mock him uh, a bit. But I think for Patrick Mahomes, the the player, I mean, we – we're just pushing the the same lazy narratives I think that we always did for the LeBron and Michael, right? Until you get there, you're not. It's fun chatter, and it passes time, but in terms of his overall status, I think we all recognized how good he was. This was just another uh, notch in the victory column. But th- but this is now next level because you, you're talking about Brady, LeBron and Tiger, who are all select, and that's a level of fame and and relevance that is really unmatched. When you are famous for being who you are, that's bigger than just super, you know, superstar. You say Mahomes, okay, Mahomes, and 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 that the same thing with Tiger and LeBron. These are the guys that have got. Hey, you know what? I've gone from being a great player and a superstar into something, another realm of fame that is just that that very few people are at. It's it's you know you're getting in the the big room at the party that only the top superstars get, that only Nicholson and Clooney get into. You know that and Taylor Swift the only one. Well, how about into. that? How about you give you her know? credit for uh, making That's, Patrick Mahomes that much bigger a star? <laughs> Because you got a lot of people without me. Well, but you had a lot of folks who had no idea who he was. (laughs) And then she starts dating Travis Kelsey and brings in a whole new audience because that's who you're going to ultimately. Wait, who's the guy that throws the ball to Travis? So now you've got a whole other part of the marketplace. <laughs> that, See? that would be the font on the Taylor Swift broadcast. Patrick Mahomes throws the ball to Travis. You know, Travis Kelsey, well, Taylor's boyfriend. That was Patrick on the uh, Nickelodeon the one, yeah. Boyfriend. Yeah, sure. Uh, now, the other part of this for Mahomes is this, and this is the other thing coming away from yesterday. Patrick Mahomes is depressing. Okay? He's depressing. <laughs> He's depressing. And is it because he sounds why. like Kermit the Frog no. and he's leaning into it? You know, are we going to talk about this? Because my Kermit the Frog impression of, of, of Mahomes yesterday at, at my did not go over well. It yeah, did no. not go over well. No, it did we not go over you, well. We warned you it wasn't good. But I don't know if I ever think I've seen a bigger belly laugh from Steve DeSager than what I just saw. Just yeah, now. but I told you it sucked weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but everybody knows that I'm doing Mahomes, and it's really but they about don't, what I say. Because it doesn't sound anything like Kermit or Mahomes. It does. I'm, I'm, hey, listen, I'm McCormick not the past, like didn't even know. It's didn't Louis Armstrong. Know. He did it. What a wonderful <laughs> Listen, <world>. Satch. <laughs> I see skies of blue. Um, you just sound bloated. <laughs> Mahomes is well. If I have another Big Mac, I'll feel I'll hear more. Wait, points. you already had one. Uh, maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I'm in the middle of a Monster Mac. Maybe not. Stop. Uh, Mahomes is depressing because it makes you realize that most likely your team is not winning the Super Bowl. All right, you're talking about four Super Bowls in five years, and they've won three of them. All right, you go back to 2018. Six teams have been to the Super Bowl. Six. Six out of the 32 teams in the NFL in a six-year span, six teams have been to the Super Bowl, and Mahomes is in the middle of his career. I, 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 I watched yesterday, and I go, my team is never going to win. And a lot of teams, whether you, you, if you're a fan of the Bills or the Cowboys or the Dolphins or the, the Ravens, what, what are you thinking? Or the Eagles, you think you're getting the Super Bowl and winning? I mean, I know you have that, 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 oh, we had such a great team. But really, are you really going to get there and win? Because Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to get there and win another three or four most likely. I mean, if, if the first five years, say the next five years is what we just saw, four more Super Bowls and three, and three more wins for Mahomes. Your team is not winning the Super Bowl. It's de- and it's depressing to think about that because I want to think that hey Aaron Rodgers could get the Jets there next year. Huh. I want to think that, but I look at but I look at yesterday and go, is it really going to happen? Because look at the Niners. This was their year. This was the Niners' year. They had everything working. You got Brock Purdy, who has ascended to being an MVP caliber player. You are healthy on offense. You have two great wide receivers. You have a great tight end. You had MVP offensive line. You have a top five defense in the NFL. You have a Chiefs team that offensively is not a typically great Chiefs team. Great defense, and we'll get to the defense later on this hour because we told you about the defense. But not clearly not, hey, this is going to be an impossible task because the Chiefs are just so good 
if the Niners weren't going to beat the Chiefs and win that Super Bowl yesterday, when are they going to win? When, when are they going to win? You, you saw they had everything. You had everything you needed to win that Super Bowl yesterday, and you didn't win. So when are you really going to win? When is anybody else, can you say, hey, Super Bowl or bust, we're getting there, we're winning? I mean, it's depressing because, you know, Mahomes is just going to crush dreams for the next five or six years at least. Well, it's got Harbaugh now. Well, the big yeah, good luck. Yeah, good well, luck the potential that. is there, but uh, you know that defeatist attitude will not stand here. We're all about positivity, growth, and it's a new year. Super Bowl was yesterday. We're on to we're on to twenty twenty five in the race. We got fifty one weeks towards we figure out what the hell's going on in New Orleans. All right, fifty, you, man. but forty ers are the favorite, the betting favorite to get back because you look okay. at the NFC. While yeah. there are some teams that rise up. You know, the the assumption, if you listen to anybody and saw it in the Twitterverse, like, well, Brock Purdy, this, that, the other. It's like, no, he's not going to get any better. This is where he taps out. That was his ceiling. I still want to know what the hell happened to George Kittle. Uh, But, you know, some breakdowns on the line, and we'll talk about Spagnuolo and and Chris Jones, the guy that held out and now holds a uh, Super Bowl ring uh, and and also got uh, body slammed by Andy Reid, which was great. But all of that to say... It just reminds you of, uh, you, you like quoting The Wire, right? You had uh-huh. the opportunity to take out the Chiefs and you missed, right? They had an okay regular season, and every time you had an opportunity to take them out and vanquish them once and for all, you didn't do it. And then come the playoffs, same thing. Suffocating defense, and that guy will make a play. And go figure, the wide receivers who couldn't catch a cold all season long are suddenly making plays when it matters. And so, yeah, it's the opportunities there. You got a Harbaugh and the Chargers in theory. Sean Payton and the, the Broncos, I would expect to be better. Who the hell knows what the you Raiders are? You got to get out of that division first and get past Mahomes and the Chiefs. You got to But the point is you that you muddy up them. the division. Right now, they've been running over the division and laughing at you for every, every year. Now you just at least need to be uh, decent in division. And, you know, the rest of the AFC has to hold up and do their jobs, do their jobs. Yeah, good luck. They haven't, they haven't been able to do it the last five well, years. Well, you're also assuming everybody stays healthy and together and whatever right. else. And the, this is the, the National too. Football League. You had everything go right for the Niners this year. Everybody was healthy. Every, everything went right this year, and you didn't win. Until a guy tried to run onto again? the field. It's going to happen again? Was it, Hey, was that your brothers? It was two guys on the field. Were they your brothers? No. All right. You sure? No, they had no interest in uh, okay. right. flying to or being part of the if, Look, if I'm not going to be at the game or in the city of the game, they're not going. All right. Exit out by the Fresca. Exit Swollen Dome. The Jason Smith here with Mike Carmen live from the Tyrac.com studios. Coming up next, my favorite part of the Super Bowl actually happened after the game was over. What was it? I'll tell you next right here. Jason and Mike, Fox Sports Radio. Hey, so did y'all happen to catch the Pfizer ad last night? It's got everybody talking today. Cancer, as we know, is a tough opponent, affecting way too many people. Do you know it's the second leading cause of death globally? Crazy, right? About one in three individuals in the U.S. will get hit with a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime. But Pfizer's 175th anniversary ad last night brought some serious game, and it was a tribute to the real MVPs, honoring the most prominent scientists and scientific discoveries of the past and present, and celebrating the ongoing work Pfizer is doing to bring the next generation of breakthroughs to parents. Pfizer's making significant investments to tackle cancer, one of the biggest health challenges of our lifetime. We have a role in it too. Whether it's getting regular screenings for early detection or even participating in clinical trials that pave the way for life-saving treatments, every action counts in this battle against cancer. So don't wait. Visit letsoutdocancer.com. That's letsoutdocancer.com to learn more. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.